1: medical Heavy Hey behave. Ladies and Gentlemen. Winners.
2: What a line by Coward.
1: Winners like winners. You know, I gotta admit, I actually missed the initial Cowherd rant. I but I heard Ethan Strauss going off on it on his podcast, and I was just dying laughing because he just kept playing it or he kept talking about it because it was a Giannis because it came from a Giannis Warriors topic. Yeah,
2: his his take was that he thought that Giannis is going to end up in Golden State, and he started it with winners like winners <laughs> and uh, turns out do you know that I I I don't know if I told you this on the podcast maybe off it. one of the first things coach Reed said to me when I walked into his room was is he really going to go to the Golden State Warriors I, I think he yep. I think he might be friends with LeBron cuz he called LeBron the greatest player ever and then he realized he did it and he's like well, might one of the greatest players ever but then he said something to me after because I was like, oh, yeah, you just keep shooting. Like, if Steph's over 30, like, you tell Mahomes. He's like, I, you had to get a Golden State Warrior reference in there. I can just tell, like, there's he's a Laker guy. LeBron yeah. tweeted happy to Andy Reid when he won it. I would – I I could see them having their cell phone numbers. They've just probably crossed paths maybe with Mahomes now. And just – Andy said you he had – Andy's more than an athlete. Yeah, well, I, I think he's friends with more than an athlete because I asked – after you won the Super Bowl and you got back to your locker or checked your phone for the first time, how many text messages? He said over 2,000. <laughs> and then I said jokingly, like, any famous people? any Well, obviously they're going to be football players, but like any actors? He's like, yeah, a couple actors in there. And he just realized this guy's probably just accumulated some friends over
1: the years. And he's like, well, they're all people I know. Well, yeah, you just know a lot of unique people. Yeah. You know? Andy does seem like he would. I don't know if all. Tell me if I'm wrong. I think a lot of coaches like players, but Andy seems like he really likes players. Yes, loves, respects players a lot.
2: It, he he's got the great balance of not getting like uh, he's never been. Jaded. P- he's been, but he's been he's he's a genius brander because think of the amount of players, good ones, that he's cut and traded over the years. Yet Belichick, if you just looked at the two transactions. I bet they're not as far off as you think. Of just like, damn, he got rid of this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Think of just think of the Chiefs. I mean, he's cut Jamal Charles to Justin Houston to Tom Balli. To, I mean, he's he's siphoned them all out, and it's like, oh, just they love him. And and it, when it goes to Belichick, stone cold killer. You know, he's he's good with that. Now, part of it, I I do think is he's just so nice. Where Bill just creates this coach player yeah. relationship. There's a balance that I think that he's not even worried about. Like he just he's just being himself,
1: and I think Bill is too. If uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, you probably do, but maybe you're new to the podcast. Whatever. Andy was Tuesday's guest. You talked to him at the combine, and you put it out in the three and out podcast on Calvert's Podcast Network on Tuesday, so people can go listen to that conversation that uh, Middlecoff had with his old old boss, old pal Andy Reid. Always Thanksgiving dinner host
2: trying to get some interviews in the can, you know, so you can just kind of
1: have a little layup show. Nope. Classic media guy. (laughs) (laughs) Classic media guy. Uh, all right, John, let's start with this because the combine is over. The countdown to free agency begins less than, uh, I guess we're, we're exactly two weeks out from free agency. Uh, the official begin of free agency, not the tampering period. But, um, The three, I thought we could break it down to the three, kind of your three favorite draft storylines coming out of the combine. Gotcha. And the first one to me actually started um, based on something you said as it relates to Tua and Washington. And this idea that Washington might actually be interested in drafting a quarterback We've kind of just penciled them into Chase Young, but the fact is they got a new coach, and their coach is in charge. Could Washington really draft Tua? That right now, I would put it number one as my favorite draft storyline rumor, however you want to categorize it, coming out of the combine. What do you think?
2: You said something on our last podcast that I hadn't even thought of when factoring in that I had heard from a very credible source that it's on the table. That last year, Cam had been banged up going into the draft. And one of the stories was the Panthers are going to take a quarterback high. And they ended up taking the kid from West Virginia, I think in the third round. But they were they did all their due diligence on the quarterbacks. I wanted to call him Will Myers, but... Greer. Will Greer. Rivera brought in his, some of his offensive coaches. I think the coordinator from Carolina with Correct. him to Washington. So Correct. they are and as you brought up, this even makes it more concrete that they are going to have and had an opinion, probably a strong one because there was a chance he went 15, I think they drafted Brian Burns 16 or 17. Like they were in the they were probably having the conversation, should we take Dwayne Haskins as he's kind of at pick 11, 12 and kind of moving down toward them, should we trade up and get him? They had a take,
1: guy. <laughs> you know, this we love using yep. the word takes in the media. He was what what what, what pick did they pick? Dwayne Haskins was 15, Brian Burns was 16. So they were the next team on the clock if Washington passed. Wouldn't
2: you be shocked if they did like him? they were having conversations should we move up a couple spots because everyone knew that Dan Snyder liked him and go get this guy. If they liked him, he probably would have been a Panther. I'm going to go on a stretch there. I don't know that to be fact. But they they definitely had a strong opinion on the player in their room. And if that opinion, which from what I heard might lean more negative, that they did not like him as a player, how is that not going to factor into them now? The other variable is like, what do they think of Tua, and what do they think of Herbert and Jordan Love too, right? If you're factoring in Joe Burrow goes one, they get the
1: pick of the litter if they want to take a quarterback of those two or three guys, right? Or and yeah, and I'm saying Tua, it's really more about it's not it's just about will they take a quarterback because you could then Tua, they, they, there's a chance that they like Herbert more than Tua, but I I, I would
2: I don't know I. I also think part of that conversation would be, can we just function with Dwayne and take Chase Young, take Isaiah Simmons, or trade back and accumulate a bunch more picks? To me, if they take a quarterback guy, they're basically admitting they think Dwayne Haskins stinks. Like I I don't think necessarily Cliff Kingsbury thinks Josh Rosen stunk. I, I just think it was like for his offense, they needed that specific guy. The connections there, it made too much sense. This one would be because if they take Tua, Tua's not Mister Run Around Make Plays, right? He's a for a smaller guy. He's a pocket quarterback and he can move, but he's he's a thrower. But I think Tua. I think passing like he's not a movement guy where where Herbert and and Burrow or can scramble. That's not this guy's deal. So to me, if they take Tua, which sure feels like it's on the table from people I heard. Mike Silvers talked about it. Who's Mike Silver's good buddy? Any fucking person that's been, any association Hugh with Hugh Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, why how does he know Hugh? Hugh coached a cow. He anyone that coached a cow or played a cow, he's boys with. Literally. And him and Ron are buddies. So him just saying that Yeah, there might you know you could always, well, agendas, lying season. I get it, but I I, I think there's I think there's something there, guy. And that would. As I was, I was at dinner with a buddy from the Bears. He's like, "Fuck, then the Lions just get Chase Young, I and mean, that's that's their number one need as a is a true pass rusher." I'd be, they would think they're it'd be the time like when, uh, remember when the Bills traded up ahead of the Raiders? You're like, "Oh my God, are the Bills gonna take Khalil Mack," and then they took Sammy Watkins, and the Raiders got Khalil Mack at five. It's one of the all time like he had no business going making it to five. A team traded up in front of him, and they still didn't take him.
1: It's an all timer. Yeah. Yeah, and this is where, yes, it's lying season, but when you get this high in the draft, what what is the incentive for Washington to make people think they're going to take a quarterback? I always laugh about it because it happens all the time. It's like they, they want people to think they're going to take a quarterback so a team trades with them. Well, the second they start considering your trade, you know they don't love a quarterback. So that doesn't really pencil for me. It never has, and it's always a thing. Like, make them think you want a quarterback. It's like... Yeah, but then when you take their call and say, Yeah, we'll trade you for this spot, they know you don't love the quarterback. Because
2: if you think the guy's worth taking the quarterback at number two, it's gotta take three or four first rounders to even entice you, right? If you think that guy is a franchise quarterback. That's the that's like the number one thing you're trying to find in sports, a freaking quarterback. So well you, you wait, so you like Tua, but if I gave you a first and a second, he's mine? What? <laughs> so, so you really so you really don't like him. <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
1: So well, I'm, try- I'm, anyway, trying a, I'm trying to think of a I'm trying to
2: think of a recent trade. Remember when the Colts did it with the Jets and they gave they swapped three to six and gave three additional second rounders? You could that was just more out of the Colts had luck, slash the Jets were just so desperate they had to move up a couple mm-hmm. spots to be in position to mm-hmm. get one of those guys. Yeah. And it turns out, I mean, we'll see. I guess there's a big unknown on Darnold, but yeah, I think they feel pretty good about it.
1: Did you watch uh have you watched this last week's episode of Kirby Enthusiasm yet?
2: No, I watched last night is the one with Vince Vaughn and them squatting over the girl pissers.
1: Was that, oh, was okay, that two yeah. weeks ago? But, yeah, the latest one is fantastic. The Jets and Sam Darnold play a big role. Uh, Sam's not actually in the episode, but the Jets play a big role in the latest edition of Kirby. When Curb.
2: Vince goes, Well, Larry, what do they what do they do with their pants?
1: He's like, oh, I don't know.
2: <laughs> is <it> you really <laughs>
1: So great. Uh, all right. Draft storyline out of the combine number two. Here's the other one I really like. It's also quarterback related. Uh, McShea and Kuyper have a $5,000 bet on this one. I don't remember. I think it's McShea thinks Jordan Love is going to go ahead, Justin Herbert. I would be pretty shocked if Jordan Love goes ahead of Justin Herbert. This feels to me like when everybody just started trying to hire guys that look like Sean McVay? Like, oh my God, did you see Jordan Love's tape? There's a little Mahomes there. (laughs) Like, this is the McVay effect here for Jordan Love. People, I'm not saying he's not a good prospect, and some people seem to like him, but I would be pretty surprised if he goes ahead of Justin Herbert. People forget
2: that Patrick Mahomes was the third quarterback taken in his own draft for a team that loved him, right? Trubisky went two, and then Watson, who was much more accomplished, went... Ten before he went at twelve. Do I have my order correct? Or was that vice? Did Mahomes go ten and Mahomes went tenth and uh, Watson went twelfth? Okay, so Mahomes would go ahead of Watson. So I, I don't know, guy. I mean, this this to me seems like people are fucking thinking Mahomes. There's just Mahomes coming out every year. Like you know, every six seven guy that can versatile and guard is Draymond. That, that's what this feels right now. Because like when we talk about Herbert. No one is comparing him to like all time. It's like, oh, he's got some Josh Allen to him. When we, when we talk about Burrow, it's like, you know, he's a more athletic, you know, he's probably closer to, I think Deshaun Watson is probably a pretty good comp for Joe Burrow. Not a great arm, but he's just got some innate shit to him. He's just a good athlete. He's a playmaker. He's accurate throwing the ball down the field. Maybe Burrow has a better arm. But I think any time that you do, this guy's the next farf. Like, that didn't start with Mahomes until he threw 50 fucking touchdowns. And then you're like, yeah, this guy might be the next far. Even remember when Steph won back-to-back MVPs? It's like, this guy is the point guard version of Michael Jordan. I like when strong takes happen after you produce. Like, sometimes when we do these crazy takes pre-draft, I, I, we'll probably talk about the receivers next. I'm like, you know, I text a buddy that does the SEC. I'm like, is Henry Ruggs Deshaun Jackson? He's like, yeah. That's the oversimplification one. I mean, that's the easy one. It probably have some similarities, but they're, they're different. But it's the easy one. I'll oh, just, Deshaun! It's like a running back thing catch oh, McCaffrey! <laughs> like, no. I mean, these guys are, this is like the all-pro list. M- most guys that get drafted, like, you can just be a good player. You know, like Fred Warner is going to be like a 10-year starter in the NFL. He's going to be like a team captain for what looks like the better defense for a short period of time here, I would imagine, the next couple years. And no one was like, oh, he's... no, he's just good. Like some guys can just be good. I I think we need to pump the brakes. I I think the Jordan Love hype guy is out of control. Because when we talk about Tua or Burrow, I I still think they kind of get I mean Tua definitely gets nitpicked, right? He's hurt a lot. Herbert gets nitpicked a lot, like you know, just a little robotic, like fair quarterback nitpicks. Burrow, it's a little harder because as everyone you talk to there, it's like, well, what the fuck are you supposed to say? There's six touchdown, six picks, and he beat the shit out of literally every good team in the country. Not just like, you know, a couple games against Fresno State. It's like, well, he had this stretch. and went Alabama, uh, A&M, Auburn, right into Georgia, and then he made Oklahoma look like, uh, you know, Nevada. It's like, yeah, good point. And then Isaiah Simmons, yeah, he kicked that guy's ass. Like, yeah, it's, they, you got pretty good arguments for Burrow. You know, it's, it's hard to, you know, his arm's a little weak. You're like, yeah, it sure looked fine to me. But I,
1: I. Yeah, the argument against him is he played with great players.
2: Where to me, love, the arguments anti-love are typical of bust. Like, are we stretching this a little bit? Well, you know, his, his stats were off. Well, his school sucked. Well, he lost a coach. Well, this you do all this stuff, and everyone tries to counter. It's like, well, there's yeah, there's a lot of check his 2018 tape. Yeah, check. He lost seven seven upperclassmen. His coach went to Texas Tech. New offense. He tried to force things. Hero ball. It's like okay, weed, weed, weed. Yeah, it's legal in some states. Not a big deal. Yeah, I, I don't care either. I had an edible last night. I, I just, I got him red flagged. I, I, I got him red flagged. All the receivers. Both guys went after Mitch. <laughs> Mitch went eight spots ahead of both of them, guy. I know. Ten. Ten ahead of Watson. They played in the same conference. The same conference. They played each other. Think about that. I, I'll i give you a pass on Mahomes. Watson was in the ACC. Think about that. Like, going to the ACC game. So you're just, when you know, like, you're around the Pac-12. You just hear other Pac-12 stories like, who's this? Who's that? Everyone's like, yeah. Hey, right. Can you imagine how many people are like that fucking Deshaun Watson. Jesus Christ! How many times Pace has had to hear that in the ACC? The hallways like North Carolina. If you're at North Carolina, scouting Mitch, you'd be like, who, you're just talking to some of their coach. Like, who's the best player you played? I would imagine his name came up once in a while.
1: That's an all-time miss, guy. Not. I'll give him a pass a little for Mahomes. I'm just looking for their. I'm just looking for their box score here. So they played at the end of the year. Clemson beat them forty-five to thirty-seven. Deshaun, so good game. That is a pretty good Clemson game. was number one. Carolina was ranked 10th. Carolina was ranked 10th with Mitch Trubisky? Trubisky got hurt because he was 1-1. One one. Well, not a passing. Red flag injuries. Hurt. Deshaun was 26 of 42, 289, three touchdowns a pick. And, a, and, t- and 131 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns. Jesus. So Deshaun carried him to a win. Deshaun was f- accounted for five touchdowns. Well, Gallman, was it Wayne? He ran for 187 yards. Too. Do you do you remember North how was North Carolina in this fucking game? How were they ranked tenth?
2: They well they're in the ACC. <laughs> but still that, up wins. Remember the coach that recently got fired? He got a lot of hype a couple years ago? Whoever Mac Brown took over for, I forget his name, but he was... Was it Larry Fedora? Yeah. Everyone was like, Larry Fedora's the next uh, Matt Rule. Or he was like Matt Rule before Matt Rule. He was just one of those guys. Like, oh, Larry, this guy's going to coach in the league. And then two years later, he went from 10th going toe-to-toe with North uh, Clemson to being fucking God. unemployed.
1: John, who knows? If, if if Trubisky doesn't get hurt and plays in that game, maybe he doesn't get... Dre- maybe, it, you know... Because, like, the guy that played, whoever M. Williams is, was 11 of 33... For 244 yards. What year is this game? This is 2015. ACC championship game. Yep.
2: Trubisky didn't start till the next year. So Trubisky was the backup in that game.
1: Yeah, but they were in the... Oh, I'm an idiot. They were drafted in 2017. Yeah, because
2: Trubisky was a one-year starter.
1: Red flag. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, my mistake, everybody. Fun to go down memory lane on that game, though. Uh, I'll pull up the other game. So,
2: again, you're talking to North Carolina coaches. Deshaun accounted for five touchdowns in a game where they were in it. So he kicked their ass one year. I would imagine the next year was
1: not as pretty. So the next year they, pl- they didn't play. How does that happen? That sucks. Well, that that might have helped Mitch. <clears throat> yeah.
2: Because if you were going to watch Mitch play an ACC game live, you would have gone to the Clemson game, right? You'd want to see him against the best competition, just the way he
1: carried himself. Right. That year Clemson beat Ohio State 31 to nothing in the in the Fiesta Bowl. Remember that? Yeah, guy. I just you just can't justify that one. 31 to nothing. All right. Uh wide receivers. This is the other great, I think one of the great this is not so much a rumor as it is just. Um, one of the big debates right now: CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. Somebody DM me the other day, like, why do all the Big Twelve receivers bust? Kind of concerned about CD Lamb. Um, well, did you see what? Did, did you, you see d- what Kyle said? Uh, did, what? Do so, you say something how, about how much he loves the Baylor guy? Well, no. I just watched.
2: I realized What's... I didn't even watch his press conference, so I just was watching it yesterday. And he said the hardest part is most college programs on defense play zone. So you never get to see wide receivers operate against run their route tree against man, and he's like the reality in the NFL. Even if you're playing a zone team, they click into man a lot, and then a lot of teams just play man with their corners. So like, can you get open against man? It's a kind of a guessing game. And if you think about it, what conference probably runs zone more than any because they're playing the spread offenses would be the Big Twelve. Big Twelve. So you just got these guys, and he, I think he was kind of talking about C.D. Lamb. He's like. Or just those type of receivers that play zone a lot. He's like, Really? You just evaluate their body type here and then in game tape what they do with the ball in their hand, but it is kind of a guessing game, right? Interesting. I was like, God, I just sometimes you guys say some
1: things, it's like that's really smart. Do you, do you does it feel like there's a consensus that, to you on the receivers right now?
2: No, because I I think there's a different cup of tea. Like, what are you looking for? If if I have a speed guy, I'm not going to take Henry Ruggs if I want a wide receiver, right? I would take a I would take a bigger body guy, C.D. Lamb. How do you say the guy's name from Arizona State? Brandon Ayuk. A guy like that, uh, six seven wingspan. Higgins Five, is, a, is a taller guy from Clemson.
1: This, the Mims guy from Baylor seems to be blown the fucking up. Monster looking guy, to me, Jerry Judy. I think he I think he also mentioned uh, Debo Samuel.
2: He did. I mean, oh, he, you're saying Mims like copied his game after Debo?
1: Yeah, but people just ask like, who do you like? You know, they ask like, who do you like? It's like, ah, Debo and the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like Debo is like a star among like because guy, do you big know what it shows you coming out when you're a good
2: team on that given year when a guy's coming out in any sport. Like, if you ask some like college basketball player like, who are you watching? He'd be like, yeah, I like Russ. You know, <laughs> Sunday Night Football. It turns yeah, out Yeah, like Zion. It's like, who do you like watching the NFL? I, Mahomes. <laughs> like it's just you are not gonna be like, you know who I love? I, I love Max Crosby. <laughs> you know, because if you're fucking living in Oklahoma, you didn't see one Raider game. It's like the obscure players don't ever get talked about, even though their comps actually might be better for some of these players. Like who know? Like CeeDee Lamb's comp might be some guy that plays on a team that's never on national television. Be like some dude on the fucking Jaguars. You know, but you no one could comp that because no one wants a Jags play or the Or like the Miami Dolphins. But I think C.D. Lamb... I think I said on this podcast the other day that he was like in the 170s. I think what it was, I I asked a buddy about it. He came in really small originally, like three, four years ago. He's now bigger. I know he weighed at the Combine like 197 or something. But I think Mm -hmm. sometimes the Combine weight can be... These guys are genetic freaks. If they just be like, hey guys, no McDonald's, Taco Bell... Or uh, Chick Fil A this week. We're just gonna eat real meals with protein, and you g- these guys fucking gain twelve pounds of muscle in like three days. Like us, if, if we want to like lose some weight or get in better shape or whatever, we have to do a diet for like three months to like oh see some results. See some results. It takes these guys, guys, just uh, no French fries for four days, and then there's a fucking boom. You get an extra ab, you know, get an extra get an extra muscle in their arm. So. A lot of love on all these guys. Just different cup of tea. I just... It feels like a lot of hype on these guys. You just... You know some of these guys. It's one thing to get with a Kyle, with an Andy, with a Josh McDaniels. Even... You could say Josh McDaniels. Wide receivers haven't done as well there. Uh, Sean Payton. You know, guys that just make... Hell, even Pete Carroll and Russell make the guys look sweet. You go to the wrong team and just the wrong quarterback, it can look ugly. So, I... I'm always just, this guy's going to be a lock star because they're a position that is very dependent on one human, right? You'd be like, Saquon, Saquon's running for a grand fucking playing for any team. He's just going to make plays. Because you just hand him the ball, then he does shit. At wide receiver, like, this would be my argument if, if I hated, let's say I put a fourth round grade on DK and we're in draft meetings. Like, Middlecoff, you were off on DK last year. Well, yeah, he's playing with Russell Wilson. And I'd be like, well, our quarterback is fucking Gardner Minshew, or Kirk, you know, whoever it is. Like, it's right. it's a pretty. He's the greatest deep ball uh, receiver, and he's playing with the best deep ball thrower. It's like, yeah, it's a pretty good combo. As someone said, I, I was listening to like uh, Kevin Clark on the Ringer podcast, and he's like, you know, you put Tyree Kill and Nicole Hardeman with Patrick Mahomes, it looks pretty good. Put him with fucking Derek Carr, who doesn't throw the ball. And Andy Reid.
1: And Andy Reid. Doesn't look as good. Uh, All right, John. Before we move on, let's tell the people this podcast is brought to you in part by Ashford University at ashford.edu slash ham. Start your master's degree today. Guy, I have a higher education.
2: You should go get one right now at ashford.edu slash ham. Uh, And a lot of people listening... Luckily for our jobs, as podcasters, broadcasters, tweeters, that having a having a master's doesn't do anything for you. But i I have friends. Our, our buddy Brian Hawkins got an online, uh, got a master's, and it impacts how much money you make. in certain professions in certain jobs. And the great part about Ashford for full time employees, it works around your schedule. Only one course at a time. Six week long courses allow you to take one course at a time. Yet you're you're viewed as a full time full time student guy. That's I wish I could go back to college and operate like that. No standardized test required to get to get my uh, great education at Fresno State. I had to take the GRE. I, I think I had to take it multiple times because I'm not a good standardized test score uh, taker. Well, you don't have to do that. It's not required to get an Ashford University accreditation.
1: Ashford University fully accredited baby so uh get your degree now yep jump on it start your master's degree today you can uh take 90 transfer credits with you as well so if you've started and then didn't complete ashford can pick you up where you left off enroll at ashford.edu slash ham that's ashford.edu slash ham a-s-h-f-o-r-d start your master's uh, degree today ashford.edu slash ham All right, there was the report on Monday, Josina Anderson, that uh, the Niners want Eric Armstead back and are working on getting a deal done per a source. We've talked about this a lot. Are you holding your breath? I'm not holding my
2: breath in the sense of I I think it's – I think in a perfect world, the Niners want him back. He wants to be here. And I came to grips yesterday. It crossed my mind on Monday after I saw her tweet. Maybe for him, being a sack guy, being a West Coast lifer – he he's he's not like a 5th round pick so he's made a little coin right he was drafted in the middle of the first round he played this year on his 5th year option what was that like 13 million dollars he'd probably already made 15 like it's not like he, he's made some cash I think he's treated like literally Sacktown royalty Vivek has him on the whenever he goes to a Kings game they have him sitting on the court side like i, I do think that he his family's right here would he take quote unquote a little less to make this happen yeah, I think that's an option. Just texting around and this I I, I started tweeting yesterday, just assuming she's right, which I, I don't often assume she's right. I'm not trying to ruin her credibility, but I her sides usually come from a player side. Well, it's just it's pretty consistent her messaging. And I don't know if the 49ers who again want to keep them could make it work now. You and I have talked about it. If you could pick one right now in in a vacuum and it was both equal, you would keep Eric Armstead for the next four years over D Ford. We would, listeners would, the Niners would. Yes, but that's not. It's a little more
1: difficult than that. Plus, in other words, by the way, just cutting D Ford and eating the second round pick you traded for him, just it's a it's a it's a sunk cost. Even though I would argue you made it to the Super Bowl, the guy helped you. It's not a sunk whatever. That your point is just getting rid of D Ford does not get you Eric Armstead. But I, I agree. I, I also thought about right? it. Right. That's the that's the point on that though. On well, DeForest specifically.
2: There are some other variables. Does DeForest get paid? What's the difference in the two contracts if you keep Eric DeForest and Eric, are they making the same? You would think DeForest would make a lot more. He's been better from day one and more consistent.
1: But the difference is he's not a free agent right now.
2: Who? DeForest. Well, but the only way
1: you're kind of telling Eric, if you're going to stay, we're going to pay you a little less. Right, but I'm saying Eric is a free agent, which kind of, you can tell him you're going to pay him less in theory, but he's the one that's getting off contract offers from other teams right now.
2: Yeah, that's what makes it complicated. Now, the saving grace, I assume that they were going to extend Buckner and Kittle. There was reports over the last 48 hours that Kittle, maybe over the weekend, the Kittle's going to be patient, kind of what we talked to Breer about. They're not going to be offering – why would you be patient? Because the offers you're getting are kind of shitty. You actually would be have a lot more leverage either making it to free agency or doing the kind of the nuclear thing, which we talked about with Breer, holding out, which I think we both acknowledge that would be very difficult for that human, and it's almost unfair. It's just a complicated situation. And I'm not even factoring in like, well, what about Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Sanders? It's like, well, guys, this is not how – you guys, have you guys? We we talk all the time. Well, just follow what the Patriots do, and everyone's like, oh, the Patriots let everyone go, and then what happens to the road team? It's like keep everyone. You're like, well, it's it's not the way this works. It's just it's just not. Now, I to me, the move, it just depends on the price. Like I, I can't pay if if Armstead, like he doesn't. You're right, he has leverage because he's a free agent, and other teams would be giving him numbers. So it's like, well, hey guys. The Colts just offered me sixty million dollars guaranteed. And then I was like, well, we would have done it for forty five, but that's nice knowing you. Then to me, you because fr- you in your back pocket, guy, you have a fr- you have a sign and trade with him. I do think, t- yeah, tag and trade, tag, yeah, tag and trade. Excuse me. What what do you think D Ford could get on the open market? Just trading him
1: as a free, as a free agent, or what would you get back? Yeah, I'm
2: for saying him? you'd have not cut him, but I'm saying you trade him.
1: Get a third. Yeah,
2: I mean, third probably best case, maybe a fourth, late third. Yeah, okay. But when I hear people say, "Well, you gave up a second for him, so you can't take a fourth. well, I do think it has to be put into context. Debo Samuel was what, like pick thirty-four, thirty-five? This second is sixty-one. Like there are there is difference in seconds, right? If their second, if they had been a three-win team, you'd be like, "Yeah, you can't just you gave that second to the Chiefs this year."
1: Their second this year is the end of the second round. Like, it's not. Yeah. But but also, it's, it's, to me, it's like saying you paid $30,000 for a car. Now you need $20,000. What are you going to do? You can't sell your car because you're only going to get 15000 for it. It's like, well, no, I need $20,000. i am selling this car. The last 10000 or the $15,000 I lost are gone. I used it for a year. I used the car. You used D Ford for a year. I, I don't mean it in, like, the negative way. I just mean he was on your team. He almost helped you win the Super Bowl. That pick is gone no matter what you do with D. Ford. It's gone. Yeah.
2: I, I think what makes it really complicated for Armstead, even if – and I'm going to guess, Guy, that he would – if given a choice, he'd want to stay. When his agent's telling him some of the numbers, he's like, bro, you
1: you want me to tell you what the, uh, the Eagles will pay you? <laughs> you want me to tell you what this team will pay you? It's just – Why would he take less other than he likes being near home? But you're not taking much less to be near home.
2: Because you can come home.
1: I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's football, right? It's not... You expect him to be
2: on the team next year. Baseball. No. Do you think they... It, because... It, do you think it, they ultimately, if he's not going to be on the team, they'll tag and trade him. Do you think they get a second-round pick for him? Or do they probably end up getting a third? He,
1: um. You, yeah, I think you get a second-round pick for him. He's a because, 6'7", pass-rushing D-lineman
2: who's good who's yeah. never been in trouble or anything. Yeah, I think and he's still really young. He's only 26 I, for being in the league 5 years, right? How old was he? I, he he came out early, I remember now thinking back, cuz Buckner came out the next year even though they were in the same recruiting class. Did
1: Buckner stay Buckner stayed the next year? Yeah, Buckner
2: years? stayed for a senior year.
1: Yeah, um which is crazy in retrospect, right? That that guy had to stay. <laughs> so well, he wasn't playing at like Bemidji State, <laughs> he was playing at Oregon. Uh, I wonder, like, yeah, so, would,
2: he, would he still have gone like top
1: ten if he would have came out? Probably, <laughs> huh? I, I think a second, um, because when it now, if anyone can pull it off, it's them. It's Parag. I think we believe that. Uh, you're, you tweeted something about the deal, and everyone was replying to your tweets with just like Parag, can, Parag's a hero. Um, they don't, but, they don't have much flexibility, right? Yeah, like the point you made to me off, off a pre pod. Was look when you look at their cap space right now, it's cap space that doesn't include Armstead. It's not like you got to restructure him, and that's why you've got twelve million dollars. He is not counting against the projected cap right now, and they only have twelve million dollars of space. So, and they got other players. It's like, well, do you want another receiver or not? Why just going Dante Pettis. Right, that's not nothing. Do you know
2: what a lot of people say is like?
1: Well, they can just get Jimmy
2: and these other three guys to restructure. Yeah, it's just that's easier said than done. Like, if I'm Jimmy, like I don't want to (laughs) restructure. I'm just making what I'm making. You figure it out. Tom doesn't restructure. Belichick just figures it out. Like this is this part of the league. It it, it is, and this is to me, this is a very telling pivot point for the franchise because they. They didn't peak because they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they they flexed their muscle this year. Like, we're fucking, we got an operation, we can kick the shit out of people. But like, Belichick does that every couple of years, and then he kind of does slight pivots. Because you don't want to get into a position where, it's like, we got a bunch of dead weight, we got a bunch of overpaid players. And the Niners rarely have that, but I think what makes it difficult is they were so close, they got all these young players, which the coaches like, you could justify, like if they could figure it out, sign in Armstead, sign in Buckner, obviously extend in Kittle, Resigning Jimmy Ward, resigning Emmanuel Sanders—like no one would say anything about it, right? Be like, oh, I would have done it too. It's just, it to me, it's just not the way the the economics of the sport work. And it's only going to be get a closer pinch, right? Eventually, Fred Warner next year. Bosa's still got a couple years, but once Kittle and Buckner get true big money, they're going to need new tackle eventually. Joe Staley's old. So are they going to buy that guy? Are they going to trade for that guy? Like you see, what Laramie Tunzel wants, like twenty million dollars. Tackles are not cheap, guy. McGlinchey's a couple years away. Even if he's just a solid right tackle, s- solid right tackles don't make six million dollars. They were drafted in the top ten, and I don't. I like McGlinchey probably more as a human than I do like as some dominant player. But he's not. He's fine. He just your starting right tackle. But he's in what year now? Going into year three. So, that again, the Niners always like to extend early. They're already probably thinking Fred Warner McGlinchey get these guys under contract. Right, right. You know what else they need, Guy? They they started an undrafted free agent at left corner, or depending on how you're looking at their defense, right corner, left corner, opposite Sherman in the Super Bowl. An undrafted free agent. And, their star, and it didn't work out. And their star corner is 31 years old. So what are they going to go? Well, we're going to have to invest some resources into this thing that they call Corners. So if you buy a corner on the open market, I don't know, last time I checked, they're not cheap. Rap Sheet said James Bradbury. You've never heard of him. Most people haven't. Started for the Panthers. Wants $15 million a year. Even
1: Richard, like, Richards makes $10 million bucks, $12 million bucks. Like, that's, I think Yeah, I think Corners, John, are like the third or fourth highest franchise. They, they are.
2: They're expensive as shit.
1: I think it goes quarterbacks, receivers. They get drafted high and they, they get, get paid rusher. a lot. Edge rusher and the edge rusher and then corner, I think is the order. What Somewhere what else do mix. we keep
2: hearing they need? Well, they gotta get they gotta get a dog next to Debo, you know, a big time guy. If Debo's like Debo's good, but like get like a, a Julio, an Odell. Well it's like have you guys checked their finances? You know, this it just costs a lot of money.
1: All right. Uh something to something to monitor. The other story that we've been uh monitoring here for you at the Hamline News is uh the quarterback carousel, and Peter King wrote about it on Football Morning in America about Jameis Winston. Where will everyone land? I keep asking people here about the fate of Jameis Winston, and I couldn't find a landing spot for him. I doubt sincerely he'd be a starter opening day in 2020 if he leaves Tampa, which is likely, but where could he be a backup? And then he gets into some other things. Uh, do you think Jameis Winston's a backup opening day 2020? I that would surprise me. I would be very surprised
2: if if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers move on from Jameis Winston, assuming their quarterback is not Derek Carr. If the Raiders signed Jameis and they kept Derek, who do you think would win the job? Obviously Derek would have the upper hand, knows the offense. But I don't oh. think it would be
1: some lock. Derek would just beat him out. The problem is Jameis would probably throw a lot of picks, and that's not going to win you a job coming to start a season. Usually that guy gets the job later after the other guy hasn't won games.
2: Would you feel c- confident that if Derek had played this year in Tampa, he would have thrown easily over 30 touchdowns with those guys? What do he end up throwing this year? I think like 23. So, yeah. With so- Arians and all the receivers they had what I what I struggle with and this historically has been a pro carp, he threw 21 touchdowns this year
1: nine is a lot more that's I mean you're asking will he thrown 10 more touchdowns which is a lot more touchdowns Jameis threw 30 I think it was 32 and 30 was his final stat line it's a lot which
2: I don't know if Derek does Jameis is an expl. Really? you think he does uh, no, I, I,
1: I mean, I, I don't know either. The way My you said it, you're right. Like yes. nine's
2: a lot more Then you could get to thirty-two. He'd have to throw eleven more. That's a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. That's like, it is. that's that's
1: four games of three touchdowns each game. Derek's not. Listen but I, to me. It's I would even do, just spread spread eleven more. That's that's eleven of your sixteen games where you threw another touchdown. That's another drive. That's another. That's a lot more touchdowns. That's what. Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's no. What, I, here's I'm what's we, here's what, what here's what's
2: weird about Derek. He is a very talented player. Like, his physical gifts of throwing the football, his right arm, is top 10 in the league. Explosive arm. He is not viewed in the league as an explosive player. He is viewed as, fair or not, check down Charlie. Now, no one, like my scouting buddies goes, God, he has a lot of talent. That's, that's what's weird about him. Like, when people crushed Alex forever or Andy Dalton... It was those guys were physically limited. I think what drives people nuts with Derek is, and definitely his own coaches, is why won't he let it rip? Now Jameis took letting it rip to like a Jay Cutler on meth meets steroids to a level that's not comfortable for any coach. That you guys want to see me let it rip? <laughs> averaging Watch this. averaging basically two picks a game is unheard of. I mean, it's it's. Beyond crazy, especially for a team that was, like, kind of functional, right? It's It'd be one thing if, well, they went 2-14. and 14. Well, guy, they were, like, at one point in time, can they get to 8-9 wins? I mean, they started rattling off some victories that, I don't know, man. I, I I struggle with Derek that I'm kind of at a loss. Could he get it back? Because he still has, I, I he can still, when he lets it rip on just, like, a deep play, a deep out, you go, God, the, the ball's still exploding out of his hand. Right, it's like an NBA player. When you go, why does this guy get to the basket more? He's really still explosive. You right. know, it's it's one thing when you go, well, the guy lost a step. Well, I, I get why Kobe and Michael when they were thirty five shoot jump shots. Derek's should still be led to fly. You know, that's that's where like this balance of Raider fans when they like, why would I want Philip Rivers over Derek? Well, yeah, Philip throws some picks, but I think the 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 counter would be at least he's trying. Like, Derek's not throwing picks is not always a good thing when you're not really winning these games and in big spots.
1: that's. The, I've heard it was said with point guards that sometimes guys who don't turn the ball over, you think automatically it must be a positive indication of the way they play. Sometimes, A lot of times it is, but it's not always. That sometimes you want guys who are willing to take risks because that's how you make plays.
2: Like, there's a fine balance, right, of being the ultimate point guard like that, like a John Stockton, Chris Paul, Jason Kidd. And then being the guy that well those guys are getting you eighteen a night and the twelve assists you're only getting six and you never shoot so after a while they do not even need to fucking acknowledge your shooting like people right. in the league do not think Derek wants to throw the ball deep and the counter we always get is like wait the receivers the offense well yeah it's just he now has a large body of work where since the MVP season people see a gun shy player and that's where I get back to Jameis <laughs> no one sees gun shy. <laughs> Yeah, but they. I think Derek's the most. They do I, run, I think I, Derek would probably be right there with Jameis. It's obviously different as some of the most polarizing players right now, with GMs and their head coach and their offensive coordinator of the teams that trying to kind of figure out what they want to do at quarterback, like in discussions.
1: Well, I think what's interesting about them is, you know, we could go back and tell. I don't know how many teams would have had Mitchell Trubisky as a first round grade. But you know that every team that evaluated Derek... Now, Derek went in the second round, which is what's unique about him, right? But there are a lot of coaches out there who still look at the physical... I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and look at a Mitchell Trubisky tape. Uh, I mean, uh, scouting report. Right now, when I watch Mitchell, I don't think... God, so many tools that aren't being used, right? But he actually...
2: But, but, he, but he has tools, guy, because he has a strong arm but, and he can move. But, he's not but accurate. But when I watch
1: him, I'm going... He just Is he a quarterback? <laughs> well, it's because he's inaccurate. It's like... Derek, you, on the other hand, it's like, God, I, he's got all the, he's got this smoothness about him. Release. That, huh? And the quick release. Yeah. Like, I just, I would imagine there's, for two guys that have not changed teams, I would imagine there's a lot of people out there that go, I would love my shot with that piece of clay. Is there anybody saying that about Trubisky? No. Ryan Pace. And I would guess there are people, even though Derek was a second-rounder, who in that draft were like, yeah, maybe there's something here. Maybe they didn't have a first-round grade on him, but they thought, yeah, maybe there's something here. Why? And so I, I don't think – that that's where – what do you think is harder? Brett, Brett, Brett
0: Veach
2: loved him.
1: Loved Derek? Loved okay. Derek. Well, you, I mean, well, Arians was a guy that we thought loved him.
2: Yeah, because be what are those type guys? They like tools, right? Veach is a tools
1: guy. And he'd been he'd been he'd been explosive. Now he had Devontae Adams, but he'd been explosive in college.
2: But I um, think I think what,
1: they I think they look at a guy. Well, it's
2: like just two NFL guys kicking the shit out of everybody, right? Like that was a good
1: thing, right. you know. It wasn't yeah. like yeah. this guy yeah, I, carried him. No, no, no. Him. you don't get discredited. No, I, I just wonder this. This is maybe what it comes down to between the two of them. Is what do you do? You think it, you're more likely to get out of Derek what you saw some of that MVP potential year. Or can you get out of Jameis the 30-interception thing? If you asked me what's more likely, that you can coach Derek back into being that guy or you can get the picks away from Jameis, I would say you can coach Derek back into being that guy. Because Jameis thought he had an incredible year he threw 30 interceptions.
2: Well, guy, here's the other thing. You want me to read you from 15 to 19? I'll just read his picks. 15, 18, 11, 14, 30. He's always been a high guy. So, I mean, he's... Th- Four of his five seasons have been over 14 picks. And his first two were 15 and 18. Now, I get it was a different offense, and Carson Palmer has tried to, like... Hasn't he kind of supported? said that year, the first year with B.A., he wants you to push the ball. It's like, I I get it. But also, remember Jameis's junior year? The same year that, like... Remember he got suspended for a half or a game... And he came out in warm-ups, and Jimbo lost it and made him go back yeah. in the locker room. Like yeah. There's just been some weird shit with Jameis over the years, but I, I'm with you. I, I actually think, I've been saying it for like two years, I, I think a change of scenery would be good for Derek, just hearing a different voice. <clears throat> because let's say the Bucks traded a two threes to get him. <clears throat> At least you know immediately, this guy believes in me. This guy wants me. Because I think that's the question right now: Do the Raiders want him? Not good.
1: <laughs> Dying here. No, much like your much like your situation over there. Um, all right, John. Before we get to a few other things, let's tell the people about Untuck It. Yeah, I'm guessing you interviewed Andy. Well, I don't know if you had an Untuck It shirt on for that interview, and you put a photo out. So it no, looked I didn't. Like a pullover. Yeah. Uh, this podcast brought to you by Untuck It. Have you been frustrated with the shirt buying experience? Untuck It can change. Your shirt-buying experience. Untuck it's the brand you've been looking for. Save 20% off on your first order, and you get free shipping and free returns in all of the United States when you use our promo code HAM. Guy, untuckit.com. I, I got, I don't know, 10 shirts. Uh,
2: wore a button-up out and about when I was partying with NFL head coaches, and I ran home in the freezing cold, And I mainly because I have a bunch of Untuckit Why don't you FaceTime shirts? Vrabel real quick? I don't know, He didn't give me his number untuckit.com promo code ham the shirts are just they're awesome we've all had the button-ups that hang down to our knees and look terrible that's not the case here untuckit.com promo code ham 20 percent off they even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the u.s that's untuckit.com promo code ham 20 percent off your first order
1: all right go do it untuckit.com promo code ham podcast also uh, also brought to you by upstart.com slash ham our friends at upstart.com Slash ham have the revolutionary lending platform. It offers smarter rates to help you pay off high interest credit card debt at upstart.com slash ham. Guy, they make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate. Since it's a soft pull, key soft pull, soft pull won't affect your credit score. The hard pull
2: happens if you accept your rate. The best part, once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. The next day, over 400,000 people have used upstart to pay off credit cards. To meet their financial uh, goals for yourself, guy, of the burden of high interest credit cards. I just made a big uh, credit card payment. Scott is charging you a, a arm and a leg on that credit card I mean, interest. You received
1: a big payment, though.
2: Is business okay. Monthly
1: payment with Upstart. Get it in. Upstart.com slash ham. See why Upstart's ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot and hurry to Upstart.com slash ham to find out how low your rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. Upstart.com slash ham. Ham. All right, my least favorite uh, story going on in the NBA right now, really in sports today. I tried to watch the three-minute video of uh, Spike Lee with Stephen A. Explaining himself, ex- telling the story. You know how the elevator is. You get on the elevator, they're like, get off the elevator. I'm like, I'm not getting off the elevator. I know how tickets work. You scan a ticket, it can't be scanned again. I'm not falling for that trick, which was actually pretty funny. I... Now, I know James Dolan's an easy target. I actually shouldn't be surprised that you and I agree on this. I'm watching this thing play out, and I'm just saying, who gives a shit? Like, I look, if I had to choose, I am team Spike. I like Spike Lee. I love Spike Lee. He gives the world a lot. He's been a great supporter. I would say it's bad business to alienate Spike Lee. Your team sucks. This guy stands up for you, kind of. He's just the face of your franchise. He really is. He's your number one fan. Don't alienate Spike Lee. But that being said, I do not ca- just just. Why is this now? Their uh, their press release was awful. <laughs> they they send out press releases like you sent like bought, people send texts to each other like angry press releases.
2: I I, but my I God. will I will I be on. i support the press release though, guy. Because okay. after I tr- I'm with you. I I watched of the three minutes a buck 45 of it. And he was being pretty extreme because last night when the video went viral, it was like, "Damn, they booted Spike Lee out of the place." I follow Carl Banks, the guy that played right next to Lawrence Taylor, who mm-hmm. is still a staple in New York. He works for the Giants and he's basically their Tim Ryan of the Giants, of their voice, you know, the voice of the of the Giants. He lives in New York, staple of the organization, big New York guy. And he was like, when it looked like, Spike Lee's been kicked out of MSG. And then he quoted a tweet being like, oh, I'm watching the game. He's sitting courtside right now. So Spike Lee got to the game. There were pictures in the press release of him hanging out with James Dolan. And then I thought it was just over after last night. There was a misunderstanding. Spike freaked out. They let him in. And then today, for him to go on first take and to go full victimhood, the NBA guy has a branding problem. Everything is always non-basketball victim. This guy's getting fucked. This guy's getting screwed. Blah, 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 blah. It is exhausting. It is. It's why, you know why? I love James Harden just talking shit. Because it was just in a 2020 way. I mean, in 1997, it would have been like, just fuck that guy. Now, James did it like in a 2020 version of, you know, he can't get to the basket. And, you know, he's not that skilled, but I'll, I'll take it. Who's good and passive aggressive? Though. Yeah, everything is just is spike lee. I'm with you. Why is this even a story? I get it, because it's easy to shit on the Knicks. But two, I love the line in there. To act like Spike Lee was the victim here is laughable. They did not kick Here's, him out. There was a misunderstanding with some security guards, and he fucking made it to his goddamn seats. And then I what I think's what I think I think James, for all the shit he's taken, and I'm sure he's deserved every bit of it. For him to go out of his way to go on first take and then just start shitting on us after you just watch the game. Guy, it was a great game. The Knicks won. Russell missed a game-winning shot.
1: He said, the, here's, well, here's part of the statement. The idea that you read part of it. The idea that Spike Lee is a victim because we've repeatedly asked him not to use our employee entrance and instead use a dedicated VIP entrance, which is used by other celebrities who enter the garden, is laughable. It's disappointing that Spike would create this false controversy to perpetrate drama. He is welcome to come to the garden anytime via the VIP or general entrance, just not through the employee entrance, which is what he and Jim agreed to last night when they shook hands. So, I mean,
2: you know, the biggest problem with the NBA is they're just so fraudulent on this shit, and they get so much support, like from the media, when they fuck up. Like there are rules. James Dolan has a rule here, and Spike broke it. End of
1: story. Spike says he's not going another game, John. This year. I'll be back next season, but I'm done for this season. I'm done. He claims he's done because they kicked the, They won't let him go in the employee interest. Uh, he's saying he's done for this season, but he's coming. I'm coming back next year, but I'm just dumb done, done for this season.
2: I it's just I I didn't even read the whole statement that they agreed to like, bro, you just can't go in that interest. So it's pretty basic. Like, hey, we
1: got rules here. That's a rule. You can't go. Every guy that sits courtside he, does this. So he says, Dolan comes up to him and says, we have to talk. And I said, talk about what? I said, Mr. Dolan, I've been coming here for 28 years. Why was I not notified by email, text, phone? Dolan's reply was, now you know. I think as a fundamental rule, taking the Knicks side is not, that's not what I'm doing here. That's not what you're doing here. But just the fact that this is like, a, let's get Spike on TV level. I like know. That's an NBA story. I think you nailed it. These are not These are not good stories for the NBA. Like and right you now, agree, and you like agree you this isn't really
2: people, that egregious. like this is probably pretty basic in most places.
1: Yeah, I don't think it is. Again, did nobody tell Spike, and did they treat him with disrespect? That's my question, because Spike does deserve a little more respect than everybody else. But um, it was the security his random security guards. yeah, but they but I mean, they, you know, they're they're acting how they've been told to act, like we saw the Charles Oakley thing. Reggie Miller tweeted, "Oh, how the mighty have fallen." Wouldn't happen at Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Maybe finally time to switch your allegiance, Spike.
2: <laughs> that's a good one.
1: Now, in the
2: in the anti-Nick side, they are just, they can't get out of their own way.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm just saying. Like, as a rule, I'm not taking their side, but I do think this just is not good. Like, the NBA should be trying to figure out how do we get people excited about the fact that we don't really know who's going to win the NBA Finals this year. Like, isn't that cool? Let's promote that. Let's make that the story.
2: Well, the problem is their number one partner,
1: ESPN, loves shit like this. Eats it up. Well, because who? Who? For a reason though?
2: Did, did did Spike Lee reach out to them, or did they reach out to Spike Lee? You think? If you
1: had to guess, I would guess they reach out to. I would. I would guess Steve. Maybe they said it on the broadcast. I would guess Stephen A. Texted Spike like, "You got to come on the show." Yeah. Like, remember back? Was it last
2: year when everything was getting weird with Magic Stephen A.'s like. I, Magic, I need you. we got to talk this shit out. Well, yeah. Do yeah. you know what the Magic NBA... Magic
1: then for like three... Magic did like uh, a... Oh, my God. But he Vegas became like residency. a co-host. He was like, yeah, you did know, I kind of like
2: the Bucks rotation, and then he's just giving it to... You know, I, I think what Pat Riley's going to do, big picture with the Heat, is like, fuck, just hire Magic back. Remember Magic in his talk was like, yeah, hopefully ESPN... Remember, he's like, hey, what's up? Uh, what's up, uh, Ramona? You think ESPN will have me back? Like, he needed a job. It's like, Magic. You just... The, the NBA drama you have to agree, is exhausting. And I think we disagree that, like, I, I do think a lot of casual sports fans feel it a little bit more. You think it's more just... I'm not trying to misquote you here, more basketball stuff. I actually think it's kind of intertwined now because it's just part of who the NBA is. I For the most part, the Warriors do a good job. Well, I'd say their drama, and that's just what happens when you become a huge team the last couple of years. But it, they, they, just, they they just struggle... You see Daryl Morey was on I did. Nick Wright's show and he and he just mm-hmm. had a good point. He's just you can't watch an NBA broadcast now without it being pretty overly negative. And I you know what? I for his, say what you want about Daryl Morey. He's pro democracy and he's dead right on that because I do think a lot and he didn't he use Tony Romo as an example how he was positive and just it was fun to watch. Yeah. And it's just it can be really exhausting because one of especially a local broadcast, the, the broadcaster's always shitting on the other team. It's just, you'd know this bet. Has it gotten worse, you think, over the years with with the the popularity and the amount of people watching and what it feels like these
1: broadcasters now owe to their owner? I, I don't know. Um, I do think... It's definitely different, I, right? I, I definitely know. Uh, it's hard because I haven't been watching other, other people's local broadcasts my whole life. You know what I mean? Um, and I felt like growing up watching like the Kings watching the Giants, predominantly they did not – they were not like shit-talking the other team. Well, like To me, Kyper like, like and
2: Kruko are very just positive of the game, right?
1: Yeah, they so I do think the, the three-pointers specifically and the fact that the league is quote-unquote softer, like those two things, I think have created a lot of – like old-school guys, like you used to be able to just foul a guy, like that whole realm of conversation – and then three pointers, I I think have changed the way old school guys watch the watch the game. I'm kind
2: of a hypocrite because
1: I agree with those takes. <laughs> yeah, I know. So do I, there, I. Do too. Like I think too much. I, 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 the other thing that I you know I think this is like there is a way to introduce. You have for, for for everybody to evolve. You have to introduce the audience to analytics so that one day it's as casual for a fan to to talk about whatever. ERA minus as it is to talk about batting average like that's progressive because if that's how teams are talking, then that's how, you know, you want fans to be like on the inside of all that. But you can also go too far the other direction, I think, um, because you want it to be very consumable for the individual. But that's that's different than what Maury's talking about. I I do think the his team gets shit on a lot, though. So it's kind of. Yeah, I think there's also this other plane of conversation where the only conversation is everyone talks so negative but all anybody says is Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. But no one really like. All right, what? Who? What are we really talking about here? I would encourage local broadcast. I know a couple of baseball teams that do this, where their broadcasters are basically it's decreed to them. You don't promote. You don't talk about the other teams. You talk about our team. Yeah. Well, what if our team sucks? Then what do we you, do? Because the season's long. You've heard people been told that. Yes, I know of. Uh, I know it's happened multiple places. But you, yes, you, like hey, you think that's extreme? Don't- Yes, I think it's bad for the sport. I think it's bad for business. No, you should talk about Mike Trout and how he's coming in two weeks because you want to sell tickets. That, that, that's why I, I've, I've brought that up before when we talked about the A's doing their own show, and one thing I was impressed with A's cast last year and Chris Townsend, for people who aren't in the market, like they do their own radio show every day, is that they, they are encouraged to talk about the league as a whole, not just the A's.
2: Well, do you notice, like I just fallen towny on Twitter, <clears throat> like they'll have the opposing manager or like the opposing right fielder yeah. or the opposing bench yes. coach. So it's just, I think, it's a baseball I, show. It's promoting the I game. Lo- I'm with
1: you. I think owners need to get that. The owners need to understand it is good for us, but they're every every owner is like, oh no, but we're the Suns. We don't want you talking about how good everyone else is. It makes us look bad. It's like, well then be better. Huh. But I'm
2: with you. I, I'll give yeah, the man, age credit I, on that too. They, uh, Townie always had like Joe Madden, whoever the opposing manager was on. Why wouldn't you? It's baseball. Fucking guys are around. If if right, if, if in any sport you need shit to
1: talk about does that one right? No question. And again, you're selling. It's not like a team's coming in on one night. They're coming in for three or four nights. So promoting the other team's players, especially if your team is no good, is a financial benefit. How many you. teams? How your own teams in your own division? Also, you
2: play three or four series at home against them.
0: Yep.
1: Everyone's so sad. If
2: we were owned a team, we'd fucking break cash.
1: Oh, we wouldn't even talk about our own team. We'd be wearing other teams' jerseys. I'd show up as the owner of the Cubs wearing a Cardinals jersey. No, I wouldn't do that. All right, some headlines, John. This is actually the old Atlanta Brave TBS Superstation. I did not recognize it. Found something. Okay, you want my leading headline? Fire away. I don't really have a take on this other than here is what I learned this week, John. Leon Rose is white. I had no idea. All this time we're talking about Leon Rose taking over the Knicks, thought he was a black guy. I had no idea until Monday when I saw photos of NBA power broker, World Wide West boss, I don't know, Leon Rose, white guy. Not just not like skinny, tall, white guy, kind of short,
2: fat, bald, white guy, right? Did I see the right picture? Yeah, yeah. Did not look like I thought either. I... I would say the most shocking thing. Did though, you know
1: Leon Rose was a white well, guy?
2: Well, I, I, I've learned sometimes in the NBA, like, Duncan Robinson. I think he plays for the Heat. That's I'm just right. like, oh, that's just black dude. You know, white guy. So, I sometimes with the NBA, because they have these, like, uh, figures that operate like mobsters. You're like, what does Al Capone look like? Like, Worldwide West. If you put a gun right. to my head, and I've heard about this guy for a decade. Everyone talks about him. And lined up 10 worldwide I it, it would my guess would be as good as yours. If you said Leon Rose or... I, I, know, I know. But I'd even, World World I'd even go like Arn Tellem and just all these names. With football, it's like, I know what these guys look like. If you tell me a name, like Rich McKay, right? I'm even trying to think. Like Drew Rosenhaus, Tom Condon, like Jimmy Sexton. Like, I kind of heard their names, put names to the faces. Basketball is fucking full of these shady characters that operate underneath, like... Leon Rose. I would have assumed, guy, he was a sixty-year-old, six-foot-five, black dude. Played it like William and Mary, really smart. Wasn't good enough to play in the NBA. Made this crazy career transition early on. Took off like a rocket ship because everyone met him was just blown away. You are right. Never in a million freaking years guessed short, fat, bald white guy. I mean, the, 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 he would have been. That would have been the last version. of to describe the guy. Duncan Robinson did Did you know uh, Duncan Robinson was white?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. you watch him in college? Only because I no, I mean I saw him for the first time is when I was like, Oh, there's a person named Duncan Robinson. Gotcha. You know what I gotcha. mean? Gotcha. Well, uh, speaking it, it, of Spike it, it is World Lee. Worldwide West, he's not white, right? No, no. Worldwide <laughs> West is <laughs> okay. not what not a white guy. But speaking of Spike Lee, I was texting with my buddy AJ yesterday, our friend AJ, because I'm like, dude, I didn't know Leon Rose was white. And he goes, Yeah, it's like a reverse black Klansman thing. <laughs> That's, I thought that was a great line. I said, I'm stealing that. Yeah, But you can't say White clansman because that's a real thing. Yeah, that,
2: um, it, it really was pretty shocking. All right. Uh, what, what, well, did, I, I, I saw you tweeting about this, and, I, and I, I watched it, and it was really freaking cool that uh, they had – I didn't realize they had both of them. I just saw the clip of Rizzo mic'd up at bat, and he kind of goes silent, and they ask him, like, what are you doing? He's, like, trying to f- calculate the pitch. I think he's going to come with a heater. He's like, I would love someone to bang a drum right now. And then he does throw a <laughs> heater and he hits a single. Yeah. And then I saw another clip. He's like, I'm going for two. Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Go, that was a good one. Another clip. He, I hope this guy hits it to me. I'll describe what happens when he hits it to me. That's when you realize Bryant's also on. Like, okay, they're really gonna hit it to. You. And then he does hit it to me. He's like, pivot foot left. <laughs> he realized like it's a little harder than hit he thought. The chest. <laughs> yeah. chest target. It, it was. It was really cool. It's been a good yeah. good couple days. I know that they weren't mic'd up or anything, but clearly the Angels and and, uh, and the Dodgers went together. It must have been a charity event because I saw like Pujols and they were all with the little kind mm-hmm. of some sick kids. Just had yeah, Golf hitting, I don't know, fucking Kepka would be jealous of their distance. But baseball had a good couple days of just going viral. It did.
1: I watched the entire Cubs-Angels broadcast uh, and they did an awesome job with it because those guys, Brizzo as they call themselves, were on for multiple innings. Even after they came out of the game, they stayed on, and they were just sitting talking. Wireless earpiece and mic'd up. And that's really, to me, what took it to the next level is that they were both on. Like, you've seen it in the All-Star game before, and it never quite – it's always – I don't know. Sometimes it's good in the All-Star game. But sometimes it's a little But if they're not awkward. if they're not
2: teammates, it'd be like doing a podcast with a guy you don't know for the first time. It might not flow, right?
1: Yeah, I also just think All-Star game's probably a little more – the spring training is so relaxed, yeah. like so relaxed, right? And these guys are the best um, players on the team. And, yeah, and but when you have them on together and they're talking to each other and they're playing off each other, uh, Bryant at home plate was great. Rizzo gets on first base, and Pujols, who's like his hero, is on first. And he says to Pujols, John Shambi, who's doing the broadcast, Boog, says to him, ask him about Trout because it was a Pujols charity event. He's like, oh, yeah, what about Trout? Rizzo says it to to pools how about that trout golf like the whole you know they all all those things came together in one it was really cool so i i you know i don't think you can interview players during games like that but i think one thing you definitely could do mic up your stars because we're always talking about this how do you get guys to talk they talk every day but it's so weird mic up your stars and then just put out just Make a whole department that's just mic'd up videos of guys talking. You got nine innings. They're out there for three hours. Use your first baseman. Use your catchers. Couple use couple minutes pitcher. of
2: content a week that you can go viral on at MLB, right?
1: Yeah. From not even yeah, from multiple games. You should be able to put one together from a game. Like every day you could just have one from yesterday, whatever was going on. And just it can be a guy that's not in a game. Mike Trout's out today. Cool. He's on the bench I'll talking. I'll give
2: people. you. I'll give you one that would be probably be like Jeff Samarja, not pitching. Just fucking put a mic in his fucking ear, right? Just guys like that all around the league that have some personality that might talk some shit. They'll be funny. I. I you're right. It's a. I saw it went viral. Not viral. I saw it on Twitter. A Rod called into the Golic and Wingo or whatever, and he just he thought like it's a no brainer idea. That the NFLs use films forever to their advantage. The NBA does mic up guys. It's just always shitty content, but it's content. This this to me is... like you you wouldn't put one on Posey, but you know if I, if I can get Bumgarner the first time he's in a series against the Giants again, even if he's on the bench, you're right. The bench, there's some good talk there because you're still kind of yelling at guys on the field. It's 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 easy.
1: Some cool, there's some cool managers. Like the, I thought the best one they had was they're standing next to David Ross, who's their manager now. And so Ross knows that, they're like, the three of them are just standing on the step, and Ross goes, how's my manager stance? You know, with, like, his hands in his pockets. It was a pretty good line. From a source, a couple sources, I've heard David Ross
2: is kind of not the greatest guy, but that's just, you know, just
1: from sources. I don't know anything about I've heard good things about him. But. Yeah. Keep an eye on. Okay. There's something to keep an eye on. Uh, headline.
2: I got another one for you. Okay. Do you know the Astros have been hit more than any team in spring training? Yeah. Precursor to what's about to happen or just kind of random.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I do think quieted down a little bit, right? Like I saw one, some Bregman got hit by some guy who was in single a last year on a curveball. Yeah. And I do think some of their guys get hit a lot, generally speaking, but, uh, yeah, you can't, you can't just tell the world like, Hey, the punishments will take care of themselves out there in the open and then start, like, taking people's signs. That was outrageous when they did that last week, whatever it was. Confiscating signs at games. Like, guys, get out of here with that. Um. So is it a precursor? I do think they're going to get hit. I don't know if this – it's hard, I, It's spring training. I got to kind of see spring training stuff. The, the irony, get, too,
2: of the team, they got in trouble for stealing signs, confiscating signs at a spring
1: training game is, is pretty awesome. I know. It is great. Um, Trevor Bauer was giving the Dodgers his signs. Did you see that on Monday? Well,
2: what's the, what was the
1: logic behind that? He's just working on shit or no, he's just fucking around. <laughs> he's taking shots at he was taking shots at at the Astros. Oh, you think that's what it was? Oh, there's definitely no question. That was just a shot he talks at the a lot of Astros. Shit about the Astros. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. What t- he's on the are the Reds going to be decent this year? People think the Reds might be decent, yeah. You know that Yasiel
2: Puig's unemployed?
1: Surprises me. Yeah,
2: well, he'll be a giant by about April seventeenth when they haven't won a game. What do you um, think about Kapler taking the uh, the headset off mid game after he committed to doing a mid game interview and then he went for about ten seconds and felt a little yeah.
1: overwhelmed? I don't care necessarily that he took it off, but it's like just like on the day that we have all these guys playing games, like just manage to me just manage the situation with the headset on. Or put it off and then put it back on, but I would say just manage with the headset on. That would be a really cool insight. It's not you're not we're not hearing you call plays, and even if like we hear people call plays, and it's fine. Like well, I, I didn't quite get it. He's like, know. sorry
2: guys, got the infield in. Well, so what are you doing, Gabe? You're just watching how they operate. Make a mental note. Make a
1: note on a piece of paper and then. D- or how about just coach just coach it with the headset? Like, all right, let's uh, we're coming home on this, guys, and then do your sign or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> that didn't seem necessary to me. Yeah, it felt
2: a little a little over the top.
1: I, I, Do you have any I, more headlines? Yeah, I'm just really quick to, to I put have, a bow I have on game G- that I want to be. Watched.
2: I am Gabe Kapler down already. The stories, well, the spring training guy, are driving me off a wall. Uh, my other headline would be Odell Beckham. The rap sheet said some rumors that like could they trade him? He's in the promo video for their new uniforms, and he's like that. That's a that's a telling sign that he's good to go. And then someone there was a player like. Last year that it happened to, too, and he also got traded, and people are like, bullshit. I mean, it doesn't mean a goddamn thing. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, who are you going to put in the promo video? Miles Garrett got kicked out of the league. Like, of course you put Odell Beckham in the promo video. To me, he's the swaggiest. He's the coolest guy you got. To me, Odell, if Brandon Cooks can go back-to-back years first-round picks, remember that? Patriots, first-round mm-hmm. pick for him. Then they traded the Rams for the first-round pick, which actually was a better first-round pick than they gave up for him. I don't know if Odell would get better than 17, but I do think he would get a pick in the 20s, right? Yeah. Like, would Howie Roseman trade pick 21 for him, or Belichick 22, you know? I I think so. That would be Belichick. I I don't think he'd make it past that first group of playoff teams that, I mean, would Gruden give pick 19 for him?
1: The options. Uh... I don't know about that, but to me, like teams that, are, that think they can win the Super Bowl, although going to Vegas, yeah, Odell Beckham. Yeah. Um, you want my last one? Yeah. So James Lipton died, John, ninety-three years old, inside the uh, Actors Guild. Also made famous by Will Ferrell's character on SNL. Of he did James Lipton, he was great. Uh, the Bradley Cooper James Lipton interview, I highly recommend. Bradley like breaks down crying. He's talking about all the people in the audience. Like it's really incredible. So James Lipton had like a set number of questions he asked everybody. One of them was, "What's your favorite curse word?" So in honor of James Lipton, what is your favorite curse word? Me? Yeah. You know, it, it, I can give you mine if you if you need to think for a second.
2: Y- yeah, go first.
1: Um, I think my favorite curse word's horseshit. Because it's not too aggressive. Like, you can just say it in mixed company and get away with it. But unlike bullshit, a person can be horse shit. Yeah. No person is bullshit. But horse shit, for whatever reason, like, that the uh, third baseman they got, he's horse shit. And I love that usage of horse. That, to me, is maybe the best usage of a curse word, calling a person horseshit. Or that What he just did was horse shit. I just love that. Uh, For whatever reason, it just really resonates with me because it's not one of the big three. Can can I tell you then what my least favorite curse word is? Yeah. It's asshole. Because
2: I feel, at least in 2020, maybe 20 years ago, it had, that guy's an asshole. It almost feels passive aggressive at this time. Like, that guy's a piece of shit. Like I think that's the way we say it in 2020. (laughs) Like You're either, or just, you know, that was a dumb move, whatever. He's not a bad guy. But, like, to me, assholes kind of, you're on the fence as as JB, our former boss, get off the fence. That, to me, is kind of a fence-sitting word. I hate that word.
1: I like that guy's a piece of shit, or, you know, good guy had a bad day, right? (laughs) I I, I guess. You're right. We have. I do think this generation has tried to get away. Like, we use clown as a more aggressive word than asshole. I'd say say clown and fraud are used pretty consistently.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Clowns use a lot. You're right. You're right. I, I think asshole is just. That's a good it, it might maybe it's just lost its power. I just I, I think my I
1: think horse yeah it's not fu- like horseshit to me is a fun one.
2: It's like if you had to say what well, my favorite word is, it's just like what if you were on death row, what do you want to eat? I mean, I'm not overthinking it. Give me a cheeseburger or a piece of pizza or something, right? Just fuck. I mean, it's just my my go to word. Try to say it a little yeah. less to have it have its
1: power back. That's that's important. but I, I
2: think it's I'm more I'm more. <clears throat> I feel more strongly about the hatred of the word asshole than because I, I like okay. I like all the words I like horse shit I like bullshit I like I like shit I, I think it's a pretty versatile word it's like I Shit's it's like one. the Isaiah Simmons a words. you can put it anywhere <laughs> right
1: you can just be like shit you know when you're just you see something cool I'd say you know another one that's become better than some curse words is slappy slap dick oh you make you put dick in now it becomes it's kind of colored is it a, a curse word but just slappy. I think is I'd rather be called an asshole than a slappy. I, could, I know, that. I agree.
2: Because to me, you could argue asshole at points, times like, Sabin's an asshole. Like, is that a negative connotation or is he's getting the job done? Right?
1: He's got some asshole in him. He's <laughs> way better than, he's got some slappy in uh, him. I'm, like, I'm oh, with fuck. you. You mean he's lazy? So, horseshit. Horseshit's mine. Adios. Lena.